0: What's going to work this time? Perfect. All right. Got it. Meeting is being live streamed. I'll play the intro. And uh, we will start the show. Come on. It's time
1: for... What's the With your home.
0: Welcome to Rat salary Review. What's up, everybody? Howdy do. All right. Today we are joined by Craig from the band Forbidden. Let's go. Yeah.
2: Hey, can I just uh... compliment you before you get started? I don't want to forget. I got to compliment you on that intro. That was the best intro I've seen in one of these yet. That was, yeah, it was. It was. Awesome. don't get me wrong it was it was tacky but it was funny so yes. oh, i like it's, tacky. It. it's, it's a tacky
0: cool. show so yeah, yeah yeah i can be but, tacky uh, but uh, yes thanks for uh, actually a band called frostbite uh frostbite bc uh they're from massachusetts and they actually did that song uh it's called and every uh, song
3: of theirs is about smoking weed so yeah, yeah,
0: so that's, yeah. <laughs>
2: that's an old frostbite if it's you know you're talking permafrostbite
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, Craig, there's something going on
2: with you, that's, isn't there? That's what they keep telling me. I, I keep getting I... these interviews every day. People are asking questions <laughs> and stuff.
0: Well, what the hell's going on? I, I think Forbidden's back.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Ooh. I mean, well, at least in concept, you know. Like, uh, I mean, we we we're saying we're back. Uh, we're we're putting a show out in front of us that we have to get ready for. Now, have we all sat in the room and played together yet? Right. Uh, technically, yes, but not as forbidden. Uh, just doing the Bay Area interthrational stuff is is where we started. And there was no intention of doing any forbidden reunions at all. And, you know, I was the last guy aboard, man. I mean, really? it had to be me to say yes. Yeah, I was. Because, right. uh, you know, it uh, being the catalyst of it and being the last one to admit it to myself that it should happen. Because um, my respect for Russ, you know. Everything we went through, uh, right. what he's gone through in the last couple, three years with his alcohol rehabilitation. And he's he's rehabilitated. He's done a great job. Mm. Not interested. Doesn't want to play music. Wow. Doesn't want to have anything to do with anything that would put him in a situation where, A, he'd be tempted by alcohol. And B, he thinks about those years because he was really in a bad way. So, mm. yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, all these things coupled together with playing with Norman and doing these shows and watching him do Chalice of Blood and and realizing okay that he could do it (laughs) when i saw him do it with uh, warbringer i was like okay he could definitely do it but i don't think i want to do that and it never uh truly came to fruition until we got the email from alcatraz asking us if we'd be interested in the 35th anniversary of forbidden evil and uh and i'm paraphrasing but they said uh (laughs) can you would you be interested in doing it with another singer since russ is is you know not or he's retired and not in great health. And would you also be interested in having Chris Contos play drums? Because it's a great story for the Europeans. They love machine head and burn my eyes. And that was the moment I was sitting right here. I looked up at my my Mac and I just I'm like, okay, the, the universe has told me that I have all the pieces put together. But I didn't and I and I gotta add that I didn't originally think Chris was gonna be the drummer i didn't know who was going to be the drummer and i reached out to chris and i said hey dude i'm going to do this again i hope you're cool with that and you know i would throw it out here do you want to even try out for it and he's and we both kind of came to the conclusion that it probably wasn't a good idea to risk our friendship We probably should you know he started throwing me names i'm like yeah i was thinking about them and and that's how it went for a few days and i came circle back around to him and i said bro before i say yes to one of these guys who's from out of town that's some heavy hitter you're here we already play together the boneless ones." I love you. You're my bro. We write great together. We hang out all the time. What the fuck are we doing? Right. So he's like, let's do it. And that's how, that's how it all became the full unit that it is right now.
0: Wow, that's awesome, because he joined Machine Head for like a little while, and then I guess phil didn't want him to be back in the band full fully so it's, it was it's awesome to see him with you guys what, yeah, that's, that's not ac- so- that that's
2: not accurate at all no it was just right. to celebrate the 20th, no. uh, the, the i, I don't know i
0: just i see him back and then all of a sudden he's gone again so I, it I was just I, to celebrate
3: I, well, the anniversary of burn my eyes that's all it was all
2: right. yeah and no there was i mean that's that's machine head business which isn't really my business to talk about but nah. uh, but i but i can tell you what i what's yeah, it's common knowledge. I mean, yeah, he was in there to do the 25th anniversary. And, uh, you know, they entertained the thought of him and Logan being back in the band. But that's a lot of material that, you know, those guys didn't play that they're not really, right. you know, feeling connected to. And for that reason, they they decided that they, you know, if it was just burn my eyes and moving forward to new material, then that would be one thing. But if it's mm-hmm. burn my eyes playing all that other stuff and, you know, this, that, yeah, and the other, I don't think stuff. they resent into it. So, you know, and I, I mean, shit, man, I even had an opportunity to to do the machine head gig after Phil left, and I turned down my opportunity numerous times uh, while he was still kind of trying to feel it out and figure out who's going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, again, it goes back to that friendship thing. Right. I like Rob. We're friends. Don't want to work for him. You know? <laughs>
0: yeah. And, yeah, here. Not it. to
2: say that I would have had it for sure. It was an opportunity to try out which he did video submissions with everybody. I said, you can, I said, Rob, you can fuck off with that video submission shit. You already know what I do. Right. You don't need to see me do a video submission, bro. He's okay, <laughs> you don't need to. You know. I mean, I would have got the gig if I would have wanted it really bad. And I think the right guy did get it. But it's hard when you have an international band. It's just tough, you know. They're right. all from different countries and stuff.
3: Yeah, they just had right. to cancel their recent tour because of visa issues and stuff like that. From what I heard. Oh man,
2: I feel so bad. I feel so bad for Rob. That's just a horrible, horrible thing. I got nothing. I got nothing but love for the guys. Let's so just where where other people have problems, I don't have them. You know, he's he's my friend, and I'll always love him.
0: Yeah, because he did join you guys at one point, right? When you were doing a tour or something, I think at one point, right?
2: rob was our original yeah. guitar player right yeah. uh, back in 1985 when we started yeah. Yeah. it was, it was him and i oh, great yeah demo. he was the main he was the main dude because i was only 15 and he was 17. right so like <laughs> you know i i, I was a little, I, he taught me the ropes a little bit on guitar and uh and i'm forever grateful for having such a good well-rounded player as my mentor at that time
0: yeah yeah so, no I, de- I definitely i remember that because i've when i was in uh it was like at the end of my high school years or whatever my friend used to grab all his his uh, brother's cassette tapes and forbidden forbidden evil and twisted into form were the two tapes that he gave me at one point then the first song on those on both of those albums i was like hooked on you guys you know like right away so it was just you know just a thing i still remember today just hearing those albums you know so, yeah
2: we were an acquired taste we weren't like anyone else we were more right. melodic we were more complex uh you know it was it wasn't for everyone because it wasn't background music you had to right, actually right, listen
0: right. yeah yeah it was, it was the stuff something i wanted to hear at the point time because you know, i was into metallica you know at that time too but you guys were like beyond metallica you were like uh, like kind of like a european type thrash parametal type thing and then you had the operatic vocal thing going on so you had like a mix of all the stuff that I loved so you know it was yeah awesome. Russ,
2: Russ truly separated us from everything because he was like the Rob Halford of thrash metal you know exactly he had all the tricks he had all the blades and you know he had the fork and the spork and the fucking everything else that's on a Swiss army knife he had it all
1: <laughs> exactly oh certainly but uh, I mean uh, the, the guitar playing was just excellent too and that was one thing that Stood out to me probably the most, as much as I love Russ, but um, I got into them before I had heard Forbidden Evil and Twisted in the form, and my buddy gave them to me, and then later, Distortion Green, but anyway, I was already in the coroner, and you guys were like the American coroner to me. Uh, Forbidden Evil just blew me away the first time I heard it. That's a big compliment, and I was funny, I
2: was just talking to Bron yesterday you know, from Mastodon, cause he's wearing a corner shirt. He has a shirt of the day. I'm like, oh, nice shirt, bro. And he's just, oh, dude, I love that band. I, he said he had to search high and low to get a, uh, a copy of the, the actual, uh, album, you know, at that time, cause he saw the Jackal, uh, on, uh, on Headbangers ball. You know, it's just, just a conversation we just had yesterday about that. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I got great respect. I'll just tell you right now, uh, mastodon's like my favorite modern ish band you know oh really yeah yeah they really are i mean they're not that they're not that new they're they're very old
0: they've been around for quite a while yeah
2: yeah they're very old school to me they're they're an organic band they're uh you know when you see them live there's nothing to save them there's no extra backing tracks they're just being you know how whatever mood they're in at the time is is how uh how they are and i love that about them because not enough bands are like that anymore they have like a lot of you know uh, nets and and you know things to catch them if they fall and macedon just hangs it all loose
3: and i love them for that yeah, wayne if if they were yeah. around when castle heights was around and they played castle heights they are not a new band I'm just letting I, you know I, that oh, they were around no, they're around really 20, huh?
2: 23 years old 23 wow. years now
3: yeah, yeah. I, I,
2: but they're newish you know i mean to me they're you know, and they they win Grammys now, and I'm, I just couldn't be happier for them. They're <laughs> but, fucking great.
3: But I thought they were phenomenal when they were on that one Today is the Day album called In the Eyes of God. Um, It was uh, uh Bran on uh, drums and uh Bill on bass at the time. So that's how I first heard them. And the first Massonaut album was kind of like an evolution of what Today is the Day was doing on In the Eyes of God. And that's because that rhythm section was the sole creative force behind Mastodon. So, you know, for me, that was like an easy transition to become a fan they of theirs. Some,
2: they were so heavy in the early days. It was different, mm-hmm. right? We could talk oh, about, we could do a whole show about them. I could. I I mean, I, I have great respect, and it's, it's been cool getting to know uh, Braun as a person because he's just a great guy. And I consider him a good friend now, you know?
0: Very cool. Uh, David Boyd from uh, Twisted Tower Diary just joined in the chat. He says he's so excited to watch this. He loves Forbidden. I oh, we don't
2: disappoint you by talking about Mastodon. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, no more discussion of Mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you
0: got anything, Lou? Good.
3: Uh, no, keep going.
0: Oh, I thought you were you had something.
3: Um, well, what? All right, I'll ask a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, well, uh, go ahead. <laughs> you doing? Well, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you to uh, Michael Brandvold, who uh, set this up of Michael Brandvold marketing. Uh, what was the association with uh, Michael Branville? Like, how did you get associated with him? Because he's um, a- aside from being a-, a podcaster who does three sides of the coin and doing his own um, marketing and talking to people about the music industry and the ins and outs and ways to um, succeed in today's industry. Um, you know he uh, does his marketing. So how was it that you got involved with him?
2: Well, you really want to fucking get the the audience fired up, don't you?
3: I'm, kidding. <laughs> oh, I, I'm totally kidding. You know kidding. what? I'll yeah, get them fired up. Brandv- I, Brandv- I like Michael Brandvold, Brandv- Brandv- like Brandv- so he's good. amazing,
2: dude. I'm kidding. I'm kidding around because, like, to to somebody that's like watching, like, you want to talk about marketing. But
0: uh, <laughs> no, nerd was a nerd. So yeah, I, no, I, I'm a nerd. I, I, <laughs> okay,
2: I'm, I'm gonna answer your question now that I busted your balls because you're from the East Coast and I can. Those balls are there for busting. Uh, I I I can tell okay, you man. that uh, my manager Tim was has been friends with Michael for a long time. He's known him since he was Kisses guy. So Michael step right in and it was the best relationship. I I I've hired other ones, uh, publicity people you know that are that are pretty good but I have not had a consistent string of solid work like Michael has put out in front of us. And, and he, he proved he's worth every penny uh, that you pay for him. He's excellent. And there's, you know, people are reaching out to him and he's quick at making it happen. So uh, I, I like him a lot. He's a pro uh, he's smart. And uh, I want to listen to his podcast now that I know he has one, because
3: I did not know that. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, another question that I have and now I'll turn it over to Greg is, um, is uh, I'm I'm a fellow guitar player as well, and you know I started on uh Les Pauls, made my way towards modifying Strats to my own thing. Like how uh, what's a gear you're using right now, and how would you say that your um search for uh, feel of the guitar and also sound from amps, like uh, how different is it for you now, now compared to then? Is I'm there, a gear, I'm with, a gearhound too. Sorry. <laughs> the
2: eternal, the eternal search for greater tone uh i am uh very simple for one i was you know as far as amps and stuff i still like tubes and i like pedals and i like pedals out in front and i I run very little through my effects loop that's it that's so i run yeah i have evh3 5153 the one with the you know el34 tubes for all the gear nerds uh because that's the old school way that's why the low end stays tighter you know the notes roll over faster so i like that i play dean Uh, i've played dean now Uh, Since about 2003, um, not exclusively, I was used Les Pauls for years after Forbidden. I was just straight Les Paul, everything. And then around 2010, uh, we designed a guitar uh, based off their Thoroughbred, which is their Les Paul model. And it's uh, a 15 pound, I have one 15 pounder, one 18 pounder mahogany uh, strings to the body that I use for my band Dressed to Dead and other stuff and uh and and i use that for a lot of like uh the the, the heavier rock stuff i do or or the lower tune stuff uh metal that i do but when it comes to playing in forbidden uh i i still love my old arch top ml's that i have that are pretty rare uh you know ml's like what people think of as a dime bag but i liked them when elliot easton played them from the cars so i go back, i go way back to my my love for admiration for Dean Guitars. When I saw him play and one, I was like, oh, that's that guitar that Elliot Easton played. No one else thought that.
3: I'm glad and, you uh, brought that
2: up. <laughs> he's one of my favorites. Dude. Elliot Easton's probably one of my top five forever. The eternal moving thing, I love Elliot because his solos, I can sing them. I, yes. you know, and he orchestrates them all. He says he does not improv, his solos in the studio. He writes them out because he wants them to be memorable. That's the same way I go about my... I don't, I'll never be Elliot Easton, but I have my own version of that where I'm more melodic. And I have the other guy do all the blistering stuff on the other side, you know? So, you know, uh, and I, I'll, I play MLs and I also play Vs. And uh, I'm gonna, add, and you know, I'll just say it now, where Dean has worked out a relationship with me, we're gonna design my own guitar for Forbidden. And it's gonna be a model that they're going to sell. And uh, mm-hmm. that's gonna take probably a year to come through. But we're in the meantime, we'll build a USA version of it and and do all my specs and figure out exactly what body shape and everything
3: very uh, awesome. cool very cool yeah i love dean guitars as well actually um wayne and i play music to, and write music together and my dean vendetta is my primary guitar for all the rhythm tracks um it's, uh, it's a it's a dean vendetta three neck through 24 frets two humbuckers solid for uh laying rhythm tracks on uh on record and yeah,
2: uh i had one of those i had one of those uh it's still in pieces right now because I, I parted it out with some other stuff. But
3: yeah, I, <laughs> okay. I,
2: I have a lot of deans that I've had over the years and I still have. And uh, they're they're you know, some are at my studio, some are over here. I got I got a bunch of them lying over here, you know. Very cool. Thank you
3: for answering that. Yeah, no problem. Nerd. <laughs> Mr. Nerd. <laughs> Mr. Nerd. Thank you. I earned that right. <laughs> Me, too. I'm a fucking nerd, too. Sweet. Next. What's <laughs> wrong with that? Uh so
1: uh my first question is because i was reading a couple uh recent interviews you had done uh i don't know a couple weeks ago or something like that and uh something i had saw you said in the one was that it's like a rebirth of forbidden and after hearing norman sing chalice of blood my first thought is holy shit, this is great this is going to be like when fucking dio came in the sabbath so I know you said you really haven't gotten together and played yet, but I was just wondering if you could elaborate on that all, like maybe the uh, chemistry or, you
2: know. Yeah, there's great chemistry there. Let me go back into that story a little bit. Uh, You know, when we were when we were talking about doing Bay Area International, which was something we brought to Europe. I was in charge of putting together something special for the Dynamo, which is you know, I mean. I know Van Holland is the centerpiece for thrash metal in, in Europe. Uh, it really is. It's, it's the main place, you know, when you look at the history of, of what's come up. And it's like everyone started at, at, at the Dynamo Club. So they asked me if I would be interested in doing a, 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 some sort of tribute for thrash metal. And I, this is 2019. And I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty boring. Uh, but if I go out there and, and you guys fly me out and I could take a look at what your new setup is and everything, I'd maybe get some ideas. So my idea was to do a thing where I'm telling you, I'm giving you the answer. It's a long version of how this happened with Norman. The, uh, the, uh, the idea was to do, you know, all the, the original, like the big, we call them the big six or seven out here in the Bay area, the main thrash bands, you know, Metallica, Exodus, Testament, Death Angel, you know, Forbidden Violence. And then we added Slayer and Megadeth to that because in the Bay Area, that's where they got the biggest first, right? So right. We, we picked, you know, mostly Exodus and, and Metallica stuff and then one of each of the other ones. So the Forbidden Song was off the edge because it was the easiest Forbidden Song to play. Uh, I couldn't, people freak out. They can't really play the shit. They they get all hyphy, as they say, the kids say back in the day. People get really like, oh God, I, I, can you teach me how to do that? So, I picked a song that was the easiest one to figure out, and I still had to go through that. But with we 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 didn't have any singer here locally. There was nobody. I had Caitlyn from Hyrax. I had uh, you know uh, Randy from Lamb of God. I had Mark, and I had uh, Will Carroll was going to sing the Slayer song, and, uh, oh, and George Corbouldner was going to sing a song too. Oh, wow. he couldn't do it. So Kayla, my singer from Dressed to Dead, ended up singing the one for him. She ended up singing. Uh, over the wall but here locally we have uh-huh. no singer so i was like what the fuck and i talked to Kantos, who was part of the drum- drummers of the thing him and uh mark hernandez my old drummer from forbidden and drummer from dress of dead was the other drummer and will Carroll met us out there played some drums too uh-huh. no singer he's like why don't you ask norman skinner Kantos says this I'm like oh yeah yeah he's good yeah all right. okay you know i wasn't thinking at all about anything like that So we get into the rehearse and uh, he sounds great on all these other songs. And then he's all, well, I see uh, Off the Edges on the list. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and do it. Yeah. And then we started playing it and it was all the members of Forbidden that were there for Omega Wave because Mark Hernandez was there. And so we had Steve Smythe, Matt, Mark, myself and Norman. And as soon as we started, I realized, what the fuck are we doing? We're not playing this song. No one in this room is playing this song. There's no, I, I I literally was like, huh, well, I guess I'm gonna go for it now. And then Matt started the bass and we go. And then as soon as Norman started singing, I was like, oh shit. I was like, he had that power, conviction, uh syllable, you know, like the the context was like nails. And I was like, wow. And as soon as I thought, wow, I looked up and the door opens, and Kantos and Harold the famous Harold, were out in the hallway. Kantos opens the door, his eyes are like, Ooh, ooh, ooh. And then Harold pops up, or little resolve. And, and then they <laughs> close the door again. And I was like, I hear it. But I wasn't ready. And then uh, after that, we did, we, you know, I, I told everyone was done. I was like, it wasn't lost on me. It sounded great. But, you know, whatever. So then we went to Europe, did our show, come back, have to get ready for another Bay Area Threshold show, the one local one, 30 something songs. I got a hold of a, uh, Norman, I said, I told you I was going to get a hold of you next time so you can sing actual songs at this thing. Do you want to be involved? He said, yeah, fuck yeah. What do you want me to do? So we went through all that and I said, I want you to sing Chalice of Blood, but you're going to do it with Warbringer. He's like, okay. So, you know, it comes in practice, nailing everything down. Are we going to do Chalice of Blood? No, I'm not playing it. No, I'm not going to do it. No, we're not going to do it for you. You're going to have to wait for Warbringer. And, and so they show up the night before we all get together in to San Francisco and rehearse. Uh, They get ready to play the song. I can see Norman's just like kind of like up on his toes a little bit more than he was for anything else. He's like, (laughs) I'm like, okay, go for it, guys. And they did. And he did. And it was fucking awesome. And everybody in the room, again, just kind of like looked at me. Yeah. Like, uh, do you hear this? I'm like, yeah, I hear it. But still, I wasn't ready yet. And then the show happens the next day. And that moment comes and he, as you saw the video that exists now on YouTube, somebody grabbed it from Facebook and actually pulled it and threw it up on YouTube. And I'm glad they did. Cause I hadn't seen it since it happened and I just watched it two days ago. Cause I didn't need to watch it. I saw it in person. I, I don't need any more convincing. Like people are like, he better be. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, we, we already fucking know. But I was like, dude, I, I watched that video and I got goosebumps again. I'm like this fucking guy was born for this gig. He used to see forbidden all the time. He he was. We were his first thrash metal show that he ever went to. That was number one. Russ used to point at him and say, "Look, it's little Russ." Even though he didn't have red hair, he had the big. His hair. He's a big guy. Could, you know, people always said he looked reminded him of Russ. I mean, the universe again. You know. So, and I. You go backwards to that email that I got was the first time that I accepted that I should do this. But when I looked at that email from Alcatraz, it was the first time I I knew that it could be done, but I didn't think it should be done. And then when that email came, I'm like, it has to be done.
1: Yeah, Yeah, totally. No, I mean, hair on the back of my neck stood up. And it was funny because when I first uh, saw the teasers and all that, that uh, something was going to be happening with Forbidden, I knew Russ because back in 2012, even he was talking about how he wanted to retire and be done with it, that he probably wouldn't um, be there. And I was like, oh man, I hope if they do something, they get someone good. And I mean, just totally blew me away. I am so excited about what's in the future. uh, You you should be. Yeah. you You honestly should be because,
2: you know, that is the main criteria. If you're not great, you have no business being the singer of Forbidden, because mm-hmm. Russ was the greatest, in my opinion, and he never oh. got the credit he deserved, you know. And the last time around, from the inception of the, the reunion, because it was a true reunion back then, it wasn't a rebirth, it was a fucking reunion. Mm-hmm. And from the beginning of that, he just wasn't 100 percent. You know, mm-hmm. he he was the alcohol was really taking its toll. and. He became uh, incre- really focused when we did Omega Wave. He, he came up here. We worked in my room here. Uh, we wrote a lot of great stuff together. And he was really focused on making it the best he could do. He went in the studio and fucking nailed it. And then, you know, he kind of fell into the bad habits. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's just bound to happen. If you're not, if you can't handle your alcohol after years and it's handling you, you know, uh, you got to do something about that.
0: Yeah. And especially being in that situation being like we've mentioned before, being around bands and everything and, and doing live stuff, it's hard to be all around that with, with all the alcohol everybody else is drinking anyway, you know. So it's yeah, that's something easy to be around. Um now have you talked to him since this has all started going down?
2: You know, not directly. His no. sister, who sees him all the time, because you know, he's living a whole totally different life. We talk in text and uh mm. and I reached out to her, I was like, Is he okay? she goes, yeah, he's fine. He's like, I because I asked her, could you make sure that he calls me? She's like, yeah, he's just afraid you're going to ask him to join the band again. I'm like, no, <laughs> that's, no, that's not, that's not what we're asking. We're, we just want his blessing. She's like, you got his blessing. You don't even need. He already said, do whatever you want. You're good. So Russ just wants to live a different kind of life. He's he's not interested in any of this anymore. Um, I think he associates it with bad shit that happened in his life. So yeah. everyone has to respect that, you know. I, people always do. This is just human nature. You know, I mean, people always want something to be like, like the way it is. Like, you know, I love Paul Diano. Do I prefer him over Bruce Dickinson? Yes. Would he be better in the band? No, because I don't even need to get into it. You know, I was yeah. like, yeah. I get it. You know, you, things fall to the wayside. And with Russ, it wasn't a personal, um, you know, you can't get along with him. It wasn't anything like that. It was, it was. Because that happens a lot in bands where you you want to get the band back together, but there's just someone that's like a squeaky wheel that's always you know hindering shit. And Russ was not that guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have a squeaky wheel in my band too. He's he's right
3: there, Lou. Lou Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'm the guitar player. I need to be a squeaky wheel.
0: Uh, Lou, you got something else?
3: Uh... Well, first of all, I want to compliment you on that sweet, merciful fate hat. That is really oh, awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before you get to that, did you go to the, uh, oh, the
3: show?
2: Fuck, are you kidding me? Yeah. We had to go all the way to Sacramento, the the, the far side of Sacramento, because they they ended up booking it too late to get a show in the Bay Area around um, ah, really? around a Halloween. Yeah. So they there was nothing open for them, and uh, we played the international show the day before. I stayed in San Francisco. I was exhausted. Got up. Went back to get my dog in my mom's house, dropped the dog off back at home, and then got in the car and went all the way to the far side of Sacramento. <laughs> it was a long, <laughs> long 48 hours. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm friends with Hank. We played together in DeMonica.
0: Yeah, right. And, yeah, I was ask you about that. Yeah. Whatever happened? What's yeah, was, is that done? That band? It's over with? No,
2: I, I don't know. I think, you know, I, I'd like to re examine it. We've been talking, and, uh, you know, a lot of it scheduled pending on, uh, first uh, king diamond and secondly forbidden you know because i think king diamond's got a he's got priorities to get that cycle done first Mm. and then the merciful fate will have to kind of wait so i actually have some time to work with hank on stuff if he's ready to do it so we might we might fire it up
0: Yeah, cool yeah because i like that album that's a good album
2: that was cool man. straight ahead straight ahead uh Thrash Metal written by Hank Sherman which is Yeah, like, it was kind of weird like here, yeah.
0: I'm like I did not not expect that at all coming from him. Neither
2: did I when he sent me the demos. I was I was I was first of all I get an email from the guy and I'm blown away. I like I really didn't know him and I like, "Oh my god, my hero just wrote me." And then he's, like, "I want to write a thrash metal record." I'm like, what? Like, really? Okay. And uh yeah, so then he sent me the demos. I'm like, "This could be really fucking good." You know, like you know, I, I just sunk my teeth in and and you know, mostly did solos and stuff like that. It was really his baby. I got Mark Hernandez mm. in too. Uh, mm. He originally wanted Paul Bostap, but Paul was super busy doing other shit at that time. Mm. And uh, people are like, well, where's Paul? Oh, sorry, my light, my computer just went down. Where's mm. Paul Bostap? I'm like, he's fucking busy is where he is. He's Paul a is a busy. busy guy. And now <laughs> he's doing shit with uh, Kerry King. They're, You know, they got their new band, but that's uh, allegedly coming out soon.
0: Really, or right. going to
2: come out eventually?
0: Yeah. So, how did Hank know to have you? Like, was he a fan of Forbidden, or like, how? Why did he? Yes. Every okay. He
2: he was a fan of Forbidden, like I was a fan of Merciful Fate, and I mean that because he looked at Forbidden like we were the Merciful Fate of Bay Area Thrash. You know, oh, we had crazy wow. riffs. We were very melodic. He totally heard that we were influenced by Merciful Fate and and, and classic metal, like he was. So there was a kinship there, you know, and uh, we had great respect for one another,
0: yeah. All right, cool. All right, Lou, I'll let you go ahead.
3: <laughs> one of my favorite uh cover songs of the 90s was Forbidden's cover of uh Dissident Aggressor that was on a uh Judas Priest tribute album. I uh, wanted to ask, uh, what was it because that is my favorite Judas Priest song of the 1970s era. Uh, oh, so okay. I just wanted to ask you, like, what, what was it that made you guys uh pick uh Dissident Aggressor? Uh, to uh, represent uh, Forbidden for uh, the Priest tribute?
2: Well, it came to us very fast. Like, uh, you know, here's this tribute album, and we need, you guys are in the studio now, can you just do something? We're like, okay. So you have to pick something that's relatively in the wheelhouse of like, here's, you know, we can pull this off quickly. Uh, So the list, and uh, here's what you can't do, and here's all the songs we're already done. We're like, and I thought, uh, as much as I love Slayer, I really didn't love their version of this. You know, I, I just, I was like, okay, it's okay. You know, it's it's not, uh, I didn't think it was spectacular. I thought it was a little flatlined. So I wanted to do it a little bit more. And I think ours was a little bit flatlined at the end of it too. I mean, it was good. It wasn't dynamic as it could have been because we didn't have a whole lot of time to spend pre-producing it. We just did it. We learned it one day, played it the next. And that's yeah, kind of how it happened. I mean, if, if, you know, all things being equal, if, you know, you want to do something great. You, There's so many songs to choose from, you know, um, I, we, I don't know why we chose that one. I really don't remember exactly probably just cause it was <laughs> easier and heavy. You know?
3: Well, I enjoyed it. The one that
0: you would have picked. I'm sorry.
3: I was like, I enjoyed it. And that was actually my first exposure to forbidden. Um, So I realized that's, you know, ten years after the inception, after the first album, but uh, you know, as as in my teenage years was when I discovered more um, more thrash because it was just something to get away from the quote unquote grunge that was uh, coming out at the time. I just needed something that was, you know, faster and, and heavier, you know, and and that's what uh, catapulted me into becoming a fan. And you know, I remember we actually did an album versus album of forbidden's first two in the discography and uh i think that was one of the few album versus album where it was like you know both albums win <laughs> mm.
2: there's a few there's quite a few i mean I, but i do i do think that forbidden evil and Twisted in the farm uh they're little, little slices of time you know they're definitely mm-hmm. you could definitely hear the rooted in the 80s yeah. you know, cuz uh, Twisted In the farm came out in 1990 but it was written in 1989 you know so And it was written really quickly. Um, We only had like four months after the last tour from when we went to record it. That's why there's only seven real songs on it. You know, there's, there's, yeah, there's two instrumentals because like we ran out of time, you know, it was like, fuck, we better hurry up. And it it turned out pretty good for uh,
1: being under pressure. Everybody Uh, uh, always talks
0: about the oh go ahead
1: by step is one of the greatest metal songs of all time, as far as I'm concerned.
0: You actually like
2: it better than a new kid's version? (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) By the way, ours came out first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, like
1: (laughs) go to hell, Joey.
0: Now, everybody Jelly. talks about those first two albums for Benevil and uh, Twisted in a Form. Uh, I, I rarely ever hear anybody talk about uh, Distortion or Green. Uh, what's your feeling on those albums? Like, uh, is well because they're, they're really not available really anywhere. To, I, I, that, I, that that, that would would be, be a, a,
2: your your main reason your, yeah. is for you know, those, I know they were reissued at some point though. They were and uh, they're they're obscure. You know the band never really got to fully support them properly for one. This the Dark Days of Metal for another. Yeah. And, you know, people's expectations, they didn't really care because there was shit like Sepultura and Pantera and, you know, uh, White Zombie and Mm. music had really changed a lot. And, uh, and, you know, we (laughs) we put a lot into distortion like it had been written over the course of four years and it was an incredibly pretty complex, you know, uh, sophisticated record that. You know, went because people weren't listening to that kind of music, and even though we leaned it into, you know, it was slightly more modern over time. Just because you know all the shit we've been listening to, you can't completely ignore it. If we would have put out a completely normal what you would call thrash album, they would have been received even worse. You know, Uh, just because the time, you know, and we weren't really trying to chase anything down. We were just like we were aware of everything else too. We're listening to pulling from the collective conscious, so. And then, you know, that did pretty good. We at least got to go to Europe and toured the States with Testament and then toured the States with uh, 11 creation. So we did some stuff. When we, when we wrote Green, we were just fed up with the industry and everything. We're just like, oh, we're just going to write the most pissed off. We literally said, we're going to pull out the caveman club and just hit people over the head with this one <laughs> and, and go for it, come from a completely different angle, yeah. which is, was calculated. You know, we're like, this is our fuck you record. And, but it had blank in the center or towards the end of it, which is, you know, a really, really cool, the only ballad that Forbidden ever put on a record. And, um, it's, it, you know, just some deep shit on that album. There's a lot of stuff I wrote about myself on that album.
3: Really? In,
2: you know, in retrospect that I, I was writing about what I was going through. And, uh, once it was done, I, I wasn't mad. Mm. Um, and I didn't feel like doing it anymore. I just like, I'm done. I'm, yeah. you know. You got it was out it? on that record. I can definitely. Got it out. Yeah, I needed to find a new voice. I needed to do different things.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I remember getting, I was on, uh, on a trip to North Carolina and I stopped at a music shop there and I found those, both of those albums there. And I was excited to hear what they sound like, especially Green, because I was like the newest one at the time. And when I heard that first song, I'm like, oh my God, these guys are like, yeah, I can tell you're angry, <laughs> you know, right away. So it's it, it's Great pretty... lyrics on
2: that album, man. I, I think What Is the Last Time is a, is a poignant i mean a lot of our lyrics turned out to be very fucking relative you know especially the shit on omega wave it's like nailed it you know but uh Mm -hmm. but i think what is the last time it's it's just some beauty and some darkness but just you know i mean there's things said in that song it's so simple you know Mm -hmm. what is forbidden won't stop us from digging any deeper just the whole the whole premise of that like it, it was where my head was at and a lot of these albums do dig de- They're great insight into what the fuck was going on in my head at the time.
0: I know you don't got too much time, but Greg, got anything else?
1: I love green. I think it's mad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, especially because of the emotion in it. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of emotion. It,
2: it, but, you know, I mean, I just listened to some of it yesterday. I, I'm going back and trying to imagine what we could actually introduce into a set. You know, like once we get this whole Forbidden Evil thing over with, we can take a a long view look at like what works, what doesn't, Mm. you know, what would people actually react positively to? Because you're going to get a certain amount of shoegazers, no matter what you do, if it's not off the first two records. So you got to be careful, you know, and you got to be careful as to what what you're leaning into. And I want to write a next record more than anything else. And I want to write a lot of it in the key of E, or at least uh, guitars tuned to E and uh not all of it but i think some of it just needs a great portion of it needs to bounce like the old stuff did
0: yeah definitely because yeah, everybody still to this day still talks about those two albums that, that's how much of an impact they made on everybody so
2: well it's weird man you know i mean where was uh, see i'm not one of those guys who's bitter or jaded right as you mm-hmm. can tell i really yeah. am not yeah. and uh a lot of guys are you know but when we forbidden did end in 2012 like the people weren't all there coming every night they mm-hmm. you know and i and i attribute that to not not being all collectively together as a five five guys you know working together towards something and now here we are 2023 we're being offered we're being offered a slot that was anthrax's slot at a festival in front of 25,000 people and people are just more ready for it like something out there again the universe is opening up saying it's time you know and i don't know you know we're we're culty band guys we're not big we never were big but at the same time a lot of people thought we should have been Mm -hmm. and they want to keep it's up to us to deliver the goods this time you know to truly like stick the landing as i like to say and and, and go out there and be the best version of us we can be
3: very cool very cool
0: uh, so what about your other bands, too? You got Dressed to Dead and um, the Boneless ones. Are they on like, a hiatus right now, or what's going to go on with those?
2: Well, Dressed to Dead is going to be on a little bit of a hiatus. The Boneless ones had gigs. So we, we're finishing the gigs. We're actually, Boneless ones are playing the Dynamo Festival the week after Forbidden plays Alcatraz, and we had that booked way before. And then um, it just turns out, hey, guys, we're going to be out there. That's two less plane tickets for us to pay for so we're just me Chris and I are just gonna jump on over to Holland after being in Belgium for a week and, and you're gonna do that. And that's skate rock and in, it's legacy legacy band. Like out here in the Bay Area, people fucking love the boneless ones. And then come to find out when I joined the band that Skate for the Devil, the song, is the number one Thrasher magazine skate rock song of all time. I'm like, Damn. wow. I didn't know that. I was like, wow. cool, you know, bonus. <laughs> so there's it's just really fun playing that. I get to cut loose more. It's like skate rock, thrash punk, metal, crossover. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. Chris and I kind of lift that band like we're the ringers. You know, We kind of lift the band up to a different different level. And I, and I really enjoy my time with those guys. They're great dudes and uh, super fun to play with. The Dressed to Dead's what I've been concentrating on for almost five years. And we were about to jump to Europe and do uh, Dynamo in 2020 and had a big plan. And then COVID happened totally derailed all the plans we had mm. and uh, we just wrote and recorded and did things on our own. And we were just about to do another leap into 2023 and 2024 recorded an entire record. Then this forbidden thing happened and I just kind of got to go with it for a bit and see yeah. where it takes me. And hopefully and we're, we are releasing new music dress, dress the dead is going to put out five new songs uh, in about a month and a half. We'll have brand bolt. You know he'll, he'll be working with us on it. Oh, cool. Um, so you know we're gonna be uh pushing new music out there and, and see if it sticks with people. So when I, when I'm when I've got a minute to come up for air, you know we'll we'll take a look and see what happens. But I mean I, I enjoyed every minute, uh well almost every minute with those guys and gal. <laughs> you know they, they but it, it's I hope it goes on because I it it could have been. It could have been really, really big band at this point. I mean, it should have had, like, we should have had two records out and mm. already been in our cycle. And if that would have happened, Forbidden
3: wouldn't happen. happened. So everything happens for everything.
0: a reason. Exactly. All right. right. Anybody got anything else before we get out of here?
3: Uh, yeah, just, uh, Craig, just take a second to plug your stuff. Like, where could people find you on the internet? Oh, it's all on Facebook and Instagram. We
2: just just started our Instagram page, Official Forbidden. Official underscore forbidden. You're not going to have a hard time finding it. That just started less than two weeks ago. Up to almost three thousand people in that time, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, our our Facebook page or yeah, Facebook page is like about 118 thousand. You know, it's been there for a few years, so it's it's still. You can just find that under Forbidden. You're not going to have a hard time. Look for the Omega Wave artwork, and you'll and you'll see it. And uh, and also our website officialforbidden.com has all of our official merchandise. So just, you know, that's easy to find too. And you can find that link on either uh, web, either Facebook or Instagram, you'll find it. And we have a link to it. We have all our shirts. We have, you know, Forbidden Evil and Twisted Form shirts and hoodies, uh, Chalice of Blood shirt, Through Eyes of Glass shirt, and a Forbidden Evil demo cover shirt. All really that really sell really well. So help yourself, everybody. Your official merchandise actually that goes money goes to the band and it helps
0: cool excellent stuff do you think you're gonna ever like maybe re-record maybe a song or two with norman in the band
2: i think we'll be doing them live
0: yeah i mean no i'm not looking that far i don't
2: i don't want to ruin dude. how you know i'm not going to mention names but how often does that work out good
0: it never does it never works out but you never know (laughs) you never know
2: you think like, oh, it's gonna be sounding so much better. It's way heavier. And it's gonna be tighter. And it's gonna be, you know, the the recording's gonna. It's just no. people like what the people like the old shit, man. Yeah. Definitely. People like the old shit. You know, don't fuck with. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. I'm not answering that. I
1: agree. <laughs> Someone want to get that?
0: They might yeah. be another band, and, and, Who knows?
1: And and besides, Wayne, I mean, there, there's so many other cool things they could do. With, there
0: is, uh, but you, you know,
1: re-record like. Craig mentioned Paul Deano and with uh, Craig's melodic playing and then Steve with it and Matt being there on bass, not to mention Chris on drums and Norman. Imagine them doing purgatory, uh, you know, fucking maiden Oh, Now that is Just gave him an idea. I, th-
2: I think about that all the time. I actually, it's one of the songs I've always wanted to cover. That'd be great. I've, I, I've always, you know what?
1: Playing on I got
2: goosebumps. Cup. Don't don't look for any fucking credit for that. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's on <laughs> you know, so Greg. It's... You got all the credit for that. Don't look for any money. <laughs> it's all going to Maiden. Um, no, that's a really good idea. I've, I've I've always wanted to cover that song. That's the most thrashy Maiden song. I mean, one of the first thrash songs, right up there with the you know, like you know, uh, Queen's. Uh, what's don't that, go crazy. Uh, yeah, Stone Cold Crazy, and, and then uh, Van Halen, I just posted Van Halen's uh, Lost Control. The Pantera riff.
3: Very cool.
0: All right, Craig, thank you very much for coming on the show. had a lot of fun talking to you, and I wish you guys all the success with Forbidden, and hope we can hear some new music from you guys. Yeah, it was a real honor.
3: Thank you.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. thanks guys. I, I I feel the uh feel the love. I, I
0: appreciate it, man. Definitely. I definitely uh deserve it too. All right, guys, Ratsalaryview.com. Uh Lou, anything else? Your website or anything?
3: I got no website. I just Nothing? got a link tree. Link tree music is life podcast. However, Wayne, big exciting news. What's that? Severed Angels self titled debut release coming out this Tuesday, May 2nd. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yes. No We've been sitting on this thing for a year, and it's finally coming out.
0: All right, great, can't wait.
2: So, you is the angel that got cut off?
0: Yeah, the seven. Uh, okay, we we cut the the a- angel's head right off. <laughs> <laughs> you heathenous <laughs> <this> bastard! <laughs> hey,
2: if you guys are if you guys are, are friends with me on Facebook, send me a link to that. All right. Oh, all right, cool. thank you. Sure. Actually, I
0: sent you a friend request, but you haven't accepted it yet. So accept it.
2: I uh, yeah, that would be because much. I'm. Probably, I, I can imagine you have
0: a thousand or a million. Subs- Actually, there's only five thousand, but I, you're probably well, you, what done. happens
2: <laughs> is they, they, they just exist. Yeah, they don't show you what's the first or the last. With somebody, what happens in Facebook is somebody will drop off, and then all of a sudden you have an opening and you don't even know it, right? You know, yeah. um, Facebook's the dumbest thing ever because Instagram, you can whatever you have as many as many as you want. As, as you, you know, Zuckerberg not,
0: wants that control. Are, wants, yeah, that
2: Zuckerberg like, is stupid. Are, are they really friends? <laughs> uh, you guys are my friends now. We're friends, so we cool. are. You can awesome. come on the
0: show whenever you ah, want. Yeah.
2: Just write me a message so I'll, I can look for it that way.
0: All right, very cool. Sounds All good. right, again, thank you very much for coming on, and we will see you guys next week.
3: We will All be doing right,
0: the new Metallica album. What do you think of the new Metallica album? By the oh, way, oh God <laughs>
3: Almighty! You asking me? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I,
2: I, I, honestly, I, I really like the first song a lot. I was like, okay, I'm I'm down for this writing on the A string thing. It was cool. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't think it's bad by any stretch. No, I don't, yeah, I terrible. think it's might, maybe better than some of the stuff they've done more recently. But yeah. as, as Chris was, we were listening on the way home from the Nam show and he's like, he's like, dude, this could be even better. If Lars wasn't constantly on the snare, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like the snare is so cracking loud. You're like, and then I was like, I can't not hear it, yeah. but it is, but it is good. You know, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> I can't wait I mean, to hear dude, what to say about this next week. <laughs> yeah, they're like seven years older, you know, than, than me. So I can't. I it's you know, we're in uncharted waters, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thank you again for coming on, and we will see you guys next week. Bye, bye. Good All right, see you
2: guys. Take care.
0: All
2: right. Bye. Cheers. You too. Good talking to you, Craig.